Yay. Hey, Taylor. I think we're live. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. Boomer. <laughs> Boomer, baby. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to say Sooner, and now is not what to say. Now what the Sooner fans yeah, say. It is. Yeah. Well, hey, everybody. We are this is like our third or fourth or fifth episode of uh, the Real Investing Show. Four. The fourth. Okay. Well, fourth. well, we're gonna officially start now. So uh stand by for a really cool episode. That's the coolest thing ever. Boop, boop, boop. It's official. Yeah, I know. Did you do that yourself? Did you make that yourself? Oh, absolutely not. Fiverr.com yeah. will change your world. Yeah? How much did you pay for that on Fiverr? Um, probably five or ten bucks. Holy moly. Holy yeah. moly. Yeah. It's awesome. the way to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember back in the day, uh, man, I was using Fiverr back between like 07, 08, 09. It's, it's, it's cool. A it's a really so great cool. leverage tool. And yeah. you get like, uh, where is it here? Oh, this little guy mm -hmm. got that. There. Oh yeah. That's awesome. And it's got the transparent background. So, um, well, Hey guys, if you're watching or listening, thanks for joining in. This is, uh, Stephen Earp and Taylor Davis, co-host of the real investing show. This is episode four. And uh, I think we have like two people watching live. So if you're watching live, you're awesome. Let us know who you are and where you're from in the comments. And uh, if you're listening on the podcast or on LinkedIn or on Instagram uh, or, or on our Facebook page, just uh, thanks so much for uh, watching. Let us know who you are, where you're from in the comments. Please like, comment, and share. Let people know uh, they can learn more about investing in real estate. We're just kind of doing it. We're both real estate investors. And uh, we've, we've been in business together off and on since how long? Since oh, the... Yeah, 2008. Um, and uh, and yeah, we like doing this together. And so we thought we would uh, just start sharing about what we know and what we can do and things like that. Lots of people, um, you know, um, know about real estate. Uh, we 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 love it so much. And so uh, so anyway, today we're going to talk about finding deals on the MLS. Now, um, Taylor, you are a you're also a licensed agent. Correct. So if any of our you know if any of our uh, uh, listeners or you know followers, if you're in Oklahoma, uh, or even if you're in another state, uh, I think Taylor's team might be able to help you even by giving you a referral to someone good elsewhere. But connect uh, you with the right agent. Yeah, so uh, connect you with someone. So, uh, so today, so the MLS, Taylor, talk to me about. A lot of people will say, well, it's impossible to find good deals on the MLS. But first of all, let's just give some basic definitions. What what is what the is the MLS? MLS? Yeah, multiple listing service. It is. Uh, I mean, technically, really, what it is is it's, it is a a format for brokerages to co-broker with each other. So if if I'm at Keller Williams and someone is at Remax, the way we connect uh, and 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 agree to broker a deal together is through the MLS. That's technically what it is. What it's really turned into is a, a it's where people go to look for houses, right? So as soon as I list property or as soon as any agent lists a property, they put it in the MLS that allows all the other agents to see it. And then it starts to feed from there. That's where places like Zillow, Realtor.com, Redfin, or any of the other websites pull that data from to say the house is for sale. Um, so it's really the source 
for all of the listings in a particular area. Okay. Okay. Um, so do, is it just who has access to the MLS? Like, how do you get access to this? So the MLS is basically, it's a large list of all the homes that are for sale that are listed with agents in the area. Correct. Yes. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So only brokers have access to the MLS directly, but they okay. can get their clients access through like to be able to see the same thing they do through like a portal. Um, okay. So you have access through an agent to the MLS or okay. a lot of these websites will feed directly from it. Most of which will be with, I mean, within hours, um, sometimes within 24 hours, depending on the website. Uh, so you can go to a lot of these different places and and see what is happening within a few hours delay, or you get with an agent and then they can see it in real time and and email it to where you can see it in real time as well. Okay. Okay. So it's really you can get pro you get proxy to the MLS through an agent. Okay. Cool. So the big question we teased this a little bit last week, but a lot of people say, uh, and this was some of the wisdom back in the day uh, when I first started investing in real estate. A lot of people would say you can't find good deals with on the MLS and a lot of investors are looking for what they call off market deals, right? Right. Off market, meaning it's not listed. So not everyone has access to it. So maybe you can get a better deal if it's not listed. But what you're saying is you can find great deals on the MLS. And so let's talk about that. How, how bro, I want to find good deals. Tell me how to find good deals on the MLS. All right. So with many, many things, it's going to be speed, is going to be one of the things. So getting set up in a way where you're going to get that information immediately. So that's proxy through an agent that is going to e set and, and an agent can set it up to email you once a day or to email you as soon as something hits the market. You want that as soon as it hits the market because you want that competitive advantage, especially in today's world. So you can set up your criteria to be literally anything you want. We'll get into like certain criteria to set up in a little bit. But one of the things you want to be looking for is as soon as something that hits your criteria hits the market, you're, you're putting an offer in immediately because uh, if you can get it in and it's a, it, it, and it is a win for that seller, you may be able to secure it before multiple offers happen, especially if it's a good deal. And if it's a good deal, multiple offers are probably going to happen. So that's going to be one thing. Okay. So it's, you're, you're jumping in fast. Okay. So the first principle for getting a good deal in the MLS, get with an agent or broker and get your criteria in there and have it set so that you get notified immediately when something hits your criteria. Yes. You don't want the daily drip or the weekly drip. You want like the immediate thing. Correct. ASAP. Okay. And okay. so, I mean, I did this literally uh, closed on a deal two weeks ago okay. that was in the MLS and I, it hit, hit, I was emailed about it. I saw it. I knew the neighborhood. I knew the area. I knew it was a good deal. It was a hundred thousand dollars for a three bedroom, two bath in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, crazy good deal. It needs a lot of work, um, but that works for me. And so I knew that that was a good deal. And I, and I knew that that would go way over asking price if it were to sit for that weekend. If they were to wait, it would have gone way over. 
So I actually went in and I offered $102,000 cash. I did go a little over, which was still a really good deal. And um, put a response time in for that day. So they only had till that day to, to accept it. Uh, and, um, and it was, a you know, I, I tried to remove as many contingencies as possible to get them to accept it. And yeah. they did. And so we were able, I, they just accepted so, it. So you didn't, so in, in a market like this, I'm assuming, and I've, I've heard, I'm assuming like a lot of houses that go on the market, it's like you end up like multiple offers in the same day and, and the sellers, because it's a seller's market, it's still a seller's market. We'll talk more about the state of the market in our next episode. Yep. Wink, wink. Starting to yeah. shift. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, it still is a seller's market. So like in that you, you, something hits the market and you have multiple offers like the same day. And a lot of time the agents like, Hey, send us your highest and best offer. And right. what you wanted to do is you're like, this came out on a Friday. Is that right? It came out on a Thursday or Friday. Okay. It was okay. one of those two days. Yes. And you made So they're asking a hundred and you made a $102,000 offer Right. And you set it to expire within hours, like by the end of the day. So you're right. like, I'm, I'm willing to give you what you want, but I'm not going to wait for you to check 10 other Correct. offers from 10 other jokers. And they had an overpriced cash offer as is in their inbox in less than an hour after it hit the market. Yeah. So, and then we had that tied up within another hour. So within two hours on the market, it was already secured. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. one way. Okay. All right. Tell me more. So that's one way. So, uh, the, by the way, you, you have to remember that um, when you're making your offer, make it through the lens of what that client would want, right? So if, okay. if you're wanting a good deal on price, maybe you need to give better deals on terms or things like that. So like if you can offer it as an as is or a really short inspection period, or maybe you put more earnest money down. Things that make your offer look a little bit more attractive are going to help get that done, especially on the speed delete. The other option, though, is you put a search criteria for something that's longer days on market. So okay. now you're going to start looking for the things that now you're looking for the disappointed seller. Okay. okay. Because in today's market or, or in, the, in the market over the last two years, you know, average days on markets like six days, and, and in, in certain price points, it's it's lower, it's shorter than that. So if you're in the hundred thousand dollar price point, you're probably only on the market for three or four days in the last two years, right? right. So with that being said, on day thirty, mm. sellers are starting to get antsy and and a little frustrated because they had this expectation of this was sold three weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing that happens is buyers. If everything else is selling in less than a week and you're on the market for, for four weeks, what do you ask as the buyer, Stephen? Why the heck has it not sold? What's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? Yeah, what's wrong right. with this deal? Yeah. We all fall into this, this mentality of we don't like in the beginning, you have fear of loss or like fear of missing out, right? Like that's what FOMO is really kicking in. And you're afraid you're going to miss out on a good deal. So you want to go in and grab that good deal. What shifts after like a longer days on market time is buyers start to have this mentality of like, there's something wrong with it. And, I, and then fear of making a bad decision kicks in because if all of these other buyers out there have passed on this deal, there's clearly something they know that I don't. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That's what happens. Now, as an investor, you, you're not competing with all of the competitive buyers anymore because they're all scared of it. So put that as a, uh, a take your at what look at the average days on market and then double or triple that. Right. Then you start to make your criteria around that. And, the, and that's going to shift with the market, because when we first got into the business, the average days on market was eight months. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something being on the market for 30 days, that's a new listing. Right. 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 In today's world. And it's like six days on market. 30 days is an eternity. Right. Mm-hmm. And so. Interesting. Uh, so looking at that extended days on market mm-hmm. and then now you're going in with a softer offer that you, you're going to be able to get some more of those terms. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I love this. Okay. So I just want to review for me, you know, I may have a little ADD going on. So I just want to review. First way of getting a good deal in the MLS is what you're calling the speed to lead. So you get with an agent, you set up your search criteria and you have them send the emails immediately when the listing hits. You don't do exactly. it daily. You don't do it weekly. And and you're ready. Like you're ready to go. And then you're you're offering what they want or you're like, you know, know the market. Offer what what they're asking for a little higher. So that's one way to find a deal. Yes. Uh, the next way to find a deal, you're saying, is to set your criteria, your search criteria for like two or three times the average length of time on market. So in our right. local market and we're, we're both in the Oklahoma City metro market and depending on where you're watching from it this may vary some i assume but um but so like here it would be 30 days or five or six weeks or something like that that you would set your search criteria for correct and by the way uh, you can really dial in your day like a good agent is going to know how to do this and they're going to be able to tell you what the days on market is in a specific zip code a specific price point specific area so you can really dial in your criteria and then look what are the average days on market for this criteria? And mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to take. So I wouldn't even just take the market average because that might mm-hmm. be too broad. I want to mm-hmm. take, I want to take like the houses I'm looking in. And the other thing I want to say is you can really dial in your criteria. Mm-hmm. You don't have to just put a general search for a city or a city in a price point. I could, mm-hmm. you can map out exact neighborhoods that you want. And then in that neighborhood, you can put an alert for it being under a certain price or under a certain dollar per square foot, right? So I can go in and say, in this neighborhood, if it's under $100 a square foot, I want to be alerted to it. Or in this neighborhood, if it's under $175,000, then I want to be alerted to it, right? Because I know either one of those I might be interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can really get specific as to what your criteria is. And I, I tend to search my criteria based off dollar per square foot and minimum price. So if it falls under a certain, just straight up price, I want to know about it. If it falls under a certain dollar per square foot, I want to know about it. Yeah. Now I'm uh, um, okay. Are there other ways to make, to find deals on the MLS? Those are really going to be the best options. We can sift through and you'll find deals that's kind of for whatever reason, Maybe they busted and came back on the market a couple of times and it scared people off. But those are going to the, the mm-hmm. two ways I shared are how I've gotten most of my deals are. OK, some questions. And this is because I'm a little out of date on on this. I mean, back when I was buying a lot on the MLS, um, 
are are searching for REOs still valuable or so I don't okay not really and here's why because if you've if you're if you're if you've got your criteria dialed in an REO is that pops up in your criteria you're going to know about right okay. so you just really want your general criteria because there's also not as many uh, REOs as there used to be by the way REO stands for real estate owned and yeah. it is a bank term mm -hmm. uh, that means there's, there's real estate owned on their bank sheet. So it's just a bank owned property also known yeah, as yeah. foreclosure. Yeah. Good call. Sorry for my use of jargon, but no, yeah. I, an REO is a bank owned property, basically. Bank owned property. Then yeah. they're still, and so we don't have very many of those, especially with COVID. There were so many restrictions on, on foreclosing and, um, and so you don't have a lot of those right now yet. If you have your criteria set and, and an REO pops into that, there it, you go. Okay. Well, that makes total sense. Um, I'll tell you, I, uh, so when I was buying a lot from the MLS, I, uh, this may not be duplicatable, but it's a cool story to tell. It's one of my favorite real estate stories. Uh, I don't know if it's good for our listeners, but it'll be good for you and me. And I don't know if I ever told you about this deal, but most of the deals I ever bought were on, were REOs back in the day on the MLS. But in addition to that, I found a deal one time. There are neighborhoods that I liked a lot. It was in Southwest Oklahoma City. Um, it was um, Western Heights School District. Okay. And uh, it was just nor. No, 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 no. It was more. It was more school district. Oh, even it was better. Just north of 89th Street, just south of 74th. And I went in and I knew the neighborhood because, I mean, I'm watching it like a hawk all the time because I love this neighborhood. And I'm watching this, I'm watching this area, I'm watching this house and da, 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 you know, all the time. And um, not, I, I'm watching the neighborhood for anything that pops up. This house pops up. And because I knew the price point for houses, I knew the square footage price and I knew the square footage on houses. I started looking at the pictures and I was like, something's wrong. This house is bigger than what this agent has listed this house at. So I went and I went and looked at the house and I was like, they have a 400 square foot bonus room on this house that they weren't counting that they did not count 400 square feet they did not count in the mls square footage and the mls square footage price was a decent deal for buying a deal that needed a little work in other words it was an okay deal like it would have been buyable for an investor as was but it wasn't so hot there were a bunch of bids on it but that bonus room, and they would have they would have counted it because it had the angled ceilings, you know. It would probably would have right. been at like fifty percent of the square footage price. It wasn't a sure, bedroom, sure. but uh, but that added like oh my gosh, twenty or twenty five thousand dollars value to the property at the time, or some stupid amount of money. That no one else knew about. No one else knew it, but I knew because I looked at a hundred houses in that neighborhood, and I knew the houses, and when I saw the pictures, I was like. Nope, something's wrong with that listing. Like the agent that listed that property does not know that neighborhood, does not recognize square footage. Like when you look at a lot of houses, you can go, no, this house is not 1,500 square feet. This has been an add-on or, or whatever. But man, that's so, uh, so I found a deal like that. Now, yeah. That's true. And here's the deal. That happens a lot more often than you think, that there is some mm. kind of discrepancy. Um, mm. And it could go either way. So you've got to do your verification both ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. But a lot of agents will just allow like a tax record to auto feed the square footage. Yeah. Well, in this case, I'm sure that they didn't 
update with the county the square footage whenever they added that on right and so they had 1100 instead of 1500 with the county and that auto fed Mm -hmm. and agents will do that all the time if if if, i mean and you just got to look for those especially newer agents that just don't Mm -hmm. don't know what they don't know and Mm -hmm. that can that can be an opportunity Mm -hmm. i hate that for the seller but i love it for you know well it was the funnest it was the funnest deal I ever found because it's like going to a garage sale and finding something that has immense value. You find the pearl of great price at a garage yeah, sale and they're selling it for a quarter, you know, $25,000 off. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. It was like automatic equity. So anyway, Hey, great stuff, Taylor, man, you know, your stuff. So if you guys are watching, if you're looking for a real estate agent in the Oklahoma city metro area, or actually anywhere in the U S uh, Taylor can help you get to the right person. So message me or message him. And also, if you're interested in investing possibly with us uh, as passive investors, or if you have questions about real estate, uh, hit us up, hit me up, Stephen Earp, hit Taylor up, Taylor Davis. Um, but uh, we we are always actively looking for people to uh, to partner with us, especially on commercial properties uh, where multiple people go in together. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for watching, guys. So if we do, we still have time, Taylor, to do another episode today. Um. Not really. Not really. Okay. So next we'll week. Get it up next week. Let's okay. tease next week. Let's talk about the market conditions because yep. we're shifting and things are moving and I'll, I'll give a little data behind that. Okay. And then we've both been through a couple of shifts. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk through what that looks like and, and kind of how to prepare. Yeah. 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 Right on. Man, when you say we've both been through a couple of shifts, I start experiencing PTSD from 2009. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, war zone. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I was making payments on eight houses and no one could get loans. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so perfect. Next week we'll talk about the state of the market. So many changes. I mean, like if you watch crypto and if you watch the stock market, like lots of things are changing, interest rates are going up and like um, lots of things changing. So we'll talk yeah. next week. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that, bro. So God bless you guys. Thanks. Uh, please like comment and share, send us your questions. Let us know if you want to know more about real estate investing. We'll try our best to answer your questions. Thank you so much, guys.